All right, Eric, first question is always boring, and then we get into the fun stuff. But how did you fall into franchising? What is your franchise falling story? That's a great question. So um, so I've been with Shine for about two years now as their VP of, of development. But the funny part is this is actually my first job. So I was, I've been a franchisee ever since college. Got a graduate from college, started learning about the franchise world. So at age 22, started buying a franchise and fell in love with it, loved the whole passion of, of, you know, having that help from the franchisor and the assistance and growing the business. So I ended up owning five different franchise brands, uh, multi-units all through Central Florida, uh, retired about two years ago. And um, really after about three or four weeks at home, my wife's like, you need to go get a job or do something, get out of the house. So anyway, long story short, I kind of met the, the Shine guys through LinkedIn and uh, interviewed with them and, and met the CEO, Chris Fisher, and just so this is where I need to be. These guys are great. I love the concept. I love the idea, but I love more than anything, uh, his passion for family. So, you know, we're, we're a smaller franchise system, but at the same time, it's, it's like just one big family. And, and, you know, one of the things our, our CEO, Chris Fisher always says is love on people. That's, that's always about, he's a people person. So anyway, came to these guys and, and love, love every minute of it. All right. Now that, now there's a ton to unpack. So 22 years old, did you mm -hmm. go to college? Yeah, I graduated from college um, I'm in Pennsylvania and uh, decided I no longer want to deal with winners anymore. So I uh, packed up everything, moved to Florida. I did get a job when I first moved here and, and saw a need for a business and uh, just kind of pursued that and, and begged and everybody I could for $10 if they could loan it to me and <laughs> gave them a very, very high interest rate, probably too high, but uh, got the funds together about a year period of time and then opened my first business. And what was your first franchise? Well, so, so let me, let me backtrack. So my first business was actually my a self startup at 22. Okay. It, was, it was a fitness center. Yep. Um, loved every minute of it, but about three years in, I'm like, man, I'm working 80 hours a week and I'm trying to figure this out, figure that out on my own. It was really tough. Did roll well with it, but about three years, three years in, I found a local franchise here in Florida and uh, it was called Beverly Hills Weight Loss and Wellness. Unfortunately, they're not around anymore, but uh, ended up opening one of those in Lakeland, Florida, then another one in Lakeland, Florida, then the third one in Tampa. And was real fortunate from day one to be the the top guy in, in the system. It really worked well. We worked hard, and ended up having the top one, two, and three locations then. And um, kind of, do you want me to move? I can keep moving forward. Yeah, keep, keep keep going. I and I'm going to yeah. have a bunch of questions on this. Keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So I did real well with that. But uh, after about a few years, probably about six years in, seven years in, actually, I kind of saw a change in the market and saw okay, things are changing here. I'd probably need to put it for sale, and I did put it for sale. And actually a funny story with that one is I had a business broker do it and he actually bought it from me. He's like, these numbers are phenomenal. And he ended up buying it. So while I was doing that, I was looking at the next venture and I found a franchise called Hobbytown USA. Um, love that. Actually to this day, that was still my, probably my favorite franchise. Had such a good time with that. Uh, but had that for a couple of years, probably six years. And on that fifth, sixth year, I kind of started seeing the small company uh, really grow. You might've heard of it. It's called Amazon. And uh, oh gosh, I probably need to get out of retail real fast. Uh, so I did. I, I sold that, and just like I did the other one, I started buying another one at the same time I was selling it, and got into a tanning salon franchise. Believe it or not, there was not there was a need for that in my town. There was nobody doing it, um, so opened that one. It's called Image Sun Tanning. Um, so that went really, really well. We were with them for several years, and and number one in the system every year. So I was real happy with that. 
uh, but saw a change again in the market. And so I think I, I ended up being a franchise flipper at this point. <laughs> so about five or six years, I'm, I'm moving on and uh, found um, a Windmark company called Music Around. Windmark has several different brands under their umbrella and found the Music Around one. Uh, did that also. Um, wasn't my favorite one. That one was the one I was just didn't didn't associate well with, but did real well. We were in the top top five percent and um, kind of moved forward with that. I actually sold it to another owner, another another uh, music around owner. And then my last and final franchise, I found um, Nine Round Fitness. Really, really loved that one. It was a fun one too. I ended up opening a couple of those here in, in the area. Uh, ended up being with them for about six years as well, and then that's when I decided to to kind of hang it all up and retire. But I had fun doing it, man. I have a passion for franchising and, and I love when I meet people that are interested in franchising because I can really explain to them the process and what it's like being an owner and all that stuff. So it's really fun. Okay. Now comes all, all these layer breakdowns. So, <laughs> I mean, for you to be, so you start your own business and then you pick, you decide I'm going to go into owning a franchise. If you can go all the way back to that moment, did you look at other brands or did you land on one and you said, this is the one I want in Beverly, Beverly Hills? Yeah. So that's a good question. So actually I found one, it was called diet center and I was kind of intrigued with that. And I didn't like the model that much with that one at the time. Uh, so, so Beverly Hills weight loss and wellness was actually out of New Hampshire, but they had a regional director here in Florida, right? Clear, clear to me. So I basically just met him and him and I loved it. I love the branding. I love the, the, the whole structure they had and, and the coaching and, uh, what I loved about franchising was I, I realized quickly that instead of putting 80 hours a week in, now I'm not quite doing that. I don't have to figure out the colors of the walls and what to order and where to order it from. So that's really what started that is um, seeing seeing how much the franchise war does for the franchisee. And did you did you build up a little bit of wealth on your personal business on your first business to be able to afford to get into this thing? Yeah, yeah, that went really really well. I, I was fortunate to be in a the town I live in is Lakeland, Florida, a mm -hmm. smaller town outside of Tampa. Um, and when I moved here, again, this is, gosh, I'm dating myself, it was 1991, uh, there were no fitness centers really in this town. There was a small little local one and, and not much going on. So I saw the need and I met some people and they were all interested in you know working out at the time. And so I said, let's go for it. And uh, yeah, it went really well. I owned that for about seven years. I uh, so actually sold it to my manager. Um, and But yeah, did real well with that. So yes, I was able to fund the, the next one from that. Okay. So, I mean, you're, you're still in your early to mid twenties. Yeah. Like how, like, where are you getting the, the mentorship to say, I mean, you, you exit your personal business, you've now entered another one, you are scaling a business, which is, is still rare in franchising. And then you're also exiting your second business in a, and, and very structured, like who's advising you on how to even do this? Um, yeah. So I, I've kind of been on my own with that. I just kind of, just had the focus of something, you know, I, I feel like personally, and I don't know how this sounds, but I've always, I feel like I've always had the entrepreneurship, even as a child, you know, I can, I can remember, this is crazy, but I remember as a young child dragging all my toys out in the front yard and trying to sell them to the neighbors, you know, one of those guys. Um, so I, I think I've always had it. And then what I was really fortunate was my senior year in college, I had to take an elective and there was entrepreneurship, which I really didn't know too much about. And uh, the whole, the entire semester was creating a business plan. So I really learned quite a bit about that. And so the business plan I created was a fitness center. So when I decided to open, I said, this is a no brainer. I've already got it done. And uh, that, that kind of structured, you know, going forward with that business. Okay. So 
now that you, I mean, j just then the, the process of saying, I'm going to sell and I'm going to buy and continue to do so you're, you're, you buy in scale. Are you, are you planning exit on day one? Like, it, like eventually you figured out your formula, but are mm -hmm. you thinking about exit on day one? I didn't originally, but learned real quickly. You know, my, my goal was to, uh, you know, take the brand, start it from scratch, of course. And then try, my goal was always to make it number one in the system. I always wanted to be the number one because I figured that's where the most value is, right? Yeah. So around my goal was always to do that by year five, if I, year five. And then that's when I would, you know, and I learned this, like you said, later, you know, maybe the second or third one. Uh, but that's when I decided that's kind of the formula I'm going to use. Um, I don't know how, how how that works with everybody, but it just really worked for me. And I, I did enjoy that because it really gave me the opportunity to experience so many different brands and so many different types of businesses. So really, really had a good time with that. Well, it seems like you were also unemotional. And I think you have to be. You have to be unemotional about your baby in these scenarios mm -hmm. because you're you're looking at it in, in a different light. Like you're not you weren't overly emotional about the business, it seems. Is that accurate? Yeah, that, that's pretty accurate. And I, I think part of it, though, too, was I, you know, I think I was able to see the future of each business, like where it stood and what was happening. Like I mentioned with the Amazon, you know, I knew that was going to be that was going to kill the business. And it, and it did. I sold it and they sold it to somebody else and they sold it and they eventually went out of business because they just couldn't compete with the online market. Uh, and I think I was fortunate seeing that same with the, the Beverly Hills Weight Loss and Wellness uh, we had a structured, uh, the, the model was a, a diet plan, right? Basically a diet plan. We had nurses and they come in and get, you know, check-ins and everything. But uh, about that time around year five or six, I noticed a lot of the doctors locally were selling weight loss medications. You know, why, why do you want to diet when you just take a pill, right? And I kind of saw business starting to drop a little bit from that. And just whenever I see that first red flag, I'm, I'm like ready to go. As you are, you're reaching the end of your franchisee career, or if you were to reflect backwards, I mean, you're, you're clearly a smart guy. You've done multiple brands. You figured out research. Did you ever dream of going back to being the big cheese and being a franchisor towards the end? Or was it always like, once you figured out, once you figured out the widget, it, that was irrelevant. Yeah, I never, you know, I shouldn't say never. I did think of a few business models of my own, but I, I didn't, the, the, the time involved and the money involved to getting a franchise business model off the ground was just a little bit too much for me. Okay. Um, I, I would love to, you know, at some point, you know, visit that again, possibly, but I, I really love what I do right now. This is probably a dream job for me. Honestly, I, I it's, I enjoy it. I love helping people find, you know, shine as a, as a good venue for their, their upcoming business. And, you know, we just had a discovery day this morning, as a matter of fact, um, the virtual one and that uh, went really well. We hopefully have uh, two new uh, franchisees coming on board after today. But yeah, I, I've, I'd love to pursue it maybe one day, but right now I'm, I'm very content. At the beginning of last year, we took every franchisee that we worked with and we started asking them questions about their, their journeys and how did they actually become a franchisee. And one of the things that, that, that really sticks out to me is that there's, there's two things that pushes a franchisee over the edge. And one reason they're doing it, and this is, I think this transitions nicely into shine. The two things that pushes a franchisee over the edge is the business model and the culture. Mm -hmm. And both are almost equally weighted. 
if you give a franchisee true serum, they, they do want to know how much money they make. They might tell you that they're passionate about whatever they are, but they, they still want to know the financials. Like that ends up being a, a critical piece. And that, that comes back down to the business structure. And then there's been so many times that we've interviewed a franchisee and they start talking about the culture piece that if whatever reason they feel uncomfortable during the sales process, they, they back out. And part of the reason is, uh, they walk up to the edge of that that diving board, you know, 50 times before they jump off, especially the first time, because they can come up with a million reasons on why not to become a, a franchisee. And then the other thing that I think is relevant, and you said this in, in your opening statement, is there is not one variance in the answer of why they do it. It is always something to do with family. It's either I'm building wealth, I'm building legacy. Um, I want more time with my family because my career occupies too much and that's it. And so when you take those two elements, the three elements, business, culture, and family, it's not overly hard to position this. As I say that, and you reflect back on your decision to say yes to all these franchisors, does that connect with you? Yeah, a little bit. I think, I think my main, um, my main cho reason for choice was I, I always, I look for a need in my community, right? And, and competition didn't mean much to me. I knew I could try to beat the competition, but what is, what is the competition not doing well, right? Uh, you know, I'll go back to the, the Hobbytown USA. Um, you know, I, I didn't, that wasn't on my radar, like to be a hobby in the hobby business, but I noticed, you know, I, I, long story short, I have a friend that was into the radio controlled cars and stuff. And he took me to the local shop here small little gosh i don't think it was even a thousand square foot it was tiny and dirty and the, the owner was sitting there smoking a cigarette inside the business and i thought wow how easy would it be to just dominate this field you know so i did my research i started looking at hobby franchises and hobby town usa came up and again great guys when i when i did their discovery day i mean phenomenal folks over there um i haven't really had any connections with them since that but I, hopefully they're still going strong but um, yeah, great people. And, and that really sold me was uh, the people, I think. And that's that's part of it, too. So I find the the need. And then when I do Discovery Day, if the people I align with the people, then I know that's a it's a go. Now that let's shift gears over to Shine. When you're dealing with a sales process, you have a form of credibility that many don't and that you can talk about your franchisee journey. How heavily do you rely on that as a part of making the candidate feel comfortable and establishing your own credibility in the sales process? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. You know, we, we have a, we're really in a growth phase. So I took the development position at Shine here uh, in January. Prior to that, I was the business coach. Um, and so I took it over. Uh, CEO Chris Fisher asked me, he said, would you like to be in that position? We've outsourced it before. And I said, yeah, I'd love to give it a try and learn as much as I could. And um, I, I really do talk about that even from the very first Zoom call all the way through the, the process. Because um, when you get those questions from the, the candidates, um, it's, I can give them my experiences. And I think that makes them feel a little bit more comfortable. Oh, this is how it works. Or I, I've experienced this before I've experienced that. And, um, this is what you would do to overcome that situation. And, and you know, I, I think that's been really helpful for me. What's the vision for the business now? What is, uh, what does success look like from a growth standpoint? Yeah. So we, uh, so we've, um, brought on quite a few franchisees this year so far. Uh, we're at 61 currently. Uh, like I mentioned, we had Discovery Day today, so hopefully we'll bring on two more. Uh, that's the goal. And then, um, you know, our goal is to have 100 locations at the end of 2020. Uh, I'm sorry, the beginning of 2025. That's that's our growth goal. Do you feel pressure on selling, or is it just like it's a 
you're you're in a good category, lower cost, various uh, revenue streams, good leadership. Is it is there pressure to sell or is it pretty um, organic? That's a great question because I, I feel that in, in most brands there probably would be. Uh, with our brand, you know, knowing our CEO, he's again, he's all about people. And he puts zero pressure on me, zero. It's just, hey, if it's the right fit, it's the right fit. If it's not, I mean, I've, I've approached him and said, look, I've got this candidate I'm working with and maybe they're really not aligned with what our values are and our business model. And he's like, just let them, let them know that you know, we, we love them, but we're going to move on. Uh, and, you know, he, has, he doesn't put that, you know, there's no whip behind it going, come on, get more, get more. So I really feel comfortable in this position. And um, I just love what I do. It's just, it's just fun. You know, I'm, I think maybe from my description earlier, I'm a very competitive person. And so I personally have that competitive nature. Can I get this person uh, to, to like what our brand is? If they, if they align, of course, will they, will they move forward and what's the next step? And I really, I really enjoy that process. I would imagine for you, you stay dialed into those franchisees long after they sign most, most franchise salespeople, it's, it's a process up into the signatures gone and they have to go get the next deal. But because you've, you've been so, steady in their shoes and other businesses. I would imagine you, you hang on much longer than others. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm in contact. I got them all on my cell phone, all the people. And as a matter of fact, uh, one of them that just uh, signed up in Marietta, Georgia, uh, I believe it was in June. He said, Oh, he, he, he opened in June. You know, we, we talked on the phone probably every other week about something rent car. We were talking about car racing yesterday, <laughs> you know, so just about anything. No, I really stay connected. We have our conference in two weeks. And I'm really looking forward to that, to shaking hands, hugging people and, and seeing the new the faces. Even some of the people that I brought on recently, I've never really met in person. So it's going to be exciting to to really finally see them face to face. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So and I think it's important to call out. It seems like you're doing virtual discovery days. You don't even have to do them in person. Yeah, we, we started that um, in June. We switched to that. Um, we ha So with our with our company, we've got a lot of people that are um, working remote. So for discovery days, we do want to have everybody there. So the cost of flying, you know, five or six people there and hotels and food and all that was pretty high. So I suggested that we let's try it virtual. And we did one and it went over really, really well. And so we're going to keep that model for a while. I'm not I don't know if it's going to be permanent, but at least for the next couple of months, we'll definitely keep doing that's it. Great. All right, Eric. So let's close with this. There's a ghost uh, candidate that's been watching this so far. Uh, they're intrigued. Uh, I've always said brands don't sell brands. People do. And so they're, they're, they're connecting with you by listening to your story. What else do you want them to know about the business opportunity that pushed them over the edge? Yeah, um, definitely. So we had a, a huge thing happen to us this, this year, which took us actually six months. Our vice president of operations, John Blair has been working his butt off to get this done, but uh, there's a company out there called Associa. It's a, the largest HOA management company in the United States. And they have like 25,000 HOAs that they, they manage. Uh, so we just got, um, took it, like I said, it took him six months. And he now has a national account with them. We are the preferred vendor for all of those HOAs in the country. So, you know, if they need pressure washing or Christmas lights or whatever, there we are. We're going to be the ones they call. So that's going to be huge. If a franchisee has, you know, four or five or six of these in their territory, I mean, it's just, it's given business, you know, it's, 100% uh, you know, pure business that they're just going to be handed. So really excited about that. We're rolling it out actually this month now. Um, and I just want to also stress that, you know, we are founded on a window cleaning business. That's what Chris Fisher started 20 years ago. And we still obviously do it today. But I want to really speak on the Christmas lighting part of it. That Christmas light installation is huge and growing. Every year it grows more and more. 
um, it's the point where now that actually makes about 35% of the annual revenues mm -hmm. for our franchisees. So huge part of our, our company. And uh, I love it because, you know, some businesses or some services, you know, you just got like, a, you know, if you're a mechanic, you fix a car and they're happy your car's fixed. But when you light up somebody's house and they see it all lit up, the smiles, the, yeah, I mean, that's worth it. It just makes it fun. So it becomes a fun business to be in. I love it. Well, Eric, I, I love your story. I mean, at the Excellent. end of the day, you, uh, you, you know what you're doing and you figured it out and you jumped out there, you took risks, you moved, you moved to a state, you moved across country when you're 22 years old and said, I want to figure this thing out. And now here you are and you can talk about multiple, multiple exits, being an entrepreneur on your own, being an entrepreneur as a franchisee, and now uh, taking all that knowledge base and cross applying over here. So grateful that you were uh, willing to share your story. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. And, I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, this is another episode of Meet the Zork.